What's going on, people? Welcome back to the Ramblin' Mind Podcast with your boy, Kelechi. How are y'all doing today? I hope y'all are doing well. I hope y'all are having a wonderful week so far. Man, can you believe it's already the third week in November? We're almost at Thanksgiving. I swear, last week it felt like we were just in October, and now we're already at Thanksgiving. Like, my goodness, this year has just been running out. This year has just been going, 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 and we're almost into the new year. Man, think about this. We're about to end a decade. We're about to enter a whole new decade. Like, that is crazy to me. For the longest time, I've always been thinking like, oh, I remember like when we started seeing like 2011, 2012, 2013. For so, for some reason, I don't know why, but every time I would think, oh yeah, last year was just 2010. But last year was not 2010. That was nine years ago. And now we're about to get into 2020. Like, my goodness, that's just mind blowing. Like, think about that. We're about to enter a new decade. Man, I just thank God that I'm able to even be able to think about entering a new decade and i hope we all enter into that new decade i hope we all get into it and we are able to celebrate the 2020s you know we're able to 20 celebrate that 2020 enter into it and celebrate a little bit enjoy ourselves a little bit you know party up throw a little party all that good stuff man that's crazy and i was just thinking about it today i was like hold up hold up is it it can't be it's already the 17th of November? Like, my goodness. I can remember when I was just celebrating my sister's birthday. And now it's already the 17th of November. That's a straight up month later. Like, dang. Man, time just keeps on moving. It don't wait for nobody. It just keeps on chugging along. We get 24 hours in a day, 7 days a week, 330 days a month, 312 months in a year, 365 days in a year. That's crazy, man. It's just crazy to think about that. 11 months is about to go by. We're about to end this year, man. That's crazy to think about. It's just crazy. It's crazy. I don't know. I don't know about y'all, but for me, it's mind-blowing. It's very, 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 very mind-blowing. And it's just like, wow. This year is coming to an end. This year is coming to an end, man. Yeah, it's yeah, something special. Just thank God we're all here. It's been difficult sometimes, but, you know, we here. We here. It's been cold. It's been hot. But we still here. We still here. But anyway, how y'all doing? I went into a whole soliloquy, you know, rambling behind random thoughts. Just rambling on and on and on. But I hope y'all are doing good. I hope y'all are ready for the new week. Or I hope y'all are doing well in this new week. Like we said, it's the third week in November. Next week, we're going to have Black Friday, Thanksgiving. A lot of shopping, a lot of eating. Don't overdo it, but enjoy yourselves. Be with family if you can. If you can't, send them a lo- I love you. You know, hit them up. But you don't even have to wait till next week. Just do it this week. Just text them and be like, hey, I love y'all. Just want to say what's up. You know, hit people you love. Let them know you love them because you don't know what tomorrow might be. Anyway, I'm going on this whole deep thing. <laughs> I don't know why. Just... I don't know. As the year comes to a close, it's just kind of like, man, this year is almost over. A lot has happened. A lot has happened throughout this year, man. It's just, ah, it's just interesting to just think about it, man. It's always good every once in a while just to sit back and reflect, just, just to think about and take stock of what has happened, just what has happened so far. Just take a moment and just reflect and just think and just be like, what have I done this year? 
what do I need to still accomplish? And then even more so than anything, just to be like, man, I'm alive. And just and just appreciate the here and now. It may not be the best thing. It may not be the greatest time, but just to be able to appreciate the here and now sometimes is the best thing that we can do, you know? It's uh, special. It's special to be able to be right here in this moment, right now, and just, it's just a special thing. I don't know. I don't know why I'm getting into all this deep whole thing, but it's just making me really, really reflective of this day and age today and just being able to just be like, we're here. Like, thank God we're here. Thank God we're here. And then I'm also thinking about some of the stuff, not just in my life, but also in my friend's life. And it's just like, man, it's, it's good, man. I thank God for life. I thank God for God. I thank God for good friends. I thank God for good family. I just thank God for where I am right now. And it's what he's doing in the lives of my friends and loved ones. And yeah, it's just... It's something special, man. It's something special. It's something special. Just take a moment, reflect, and, you know, keep it going. Keep pushing. It's good to reflect, but keep pushing, though. Keep pushing. Anyway, let's get right into the topic of today. I don't know about y'all, but I've been seeing a whole lot of new payment platforms. It feels like everybody got a payment platform in this day and age. I mean, we got the Google Pays, we got the Apple Pays, we got the Chase Pay. At one point, we had Wells Fargo Pay. In fact, we even have Starbucks Pay, which, in case you don't know, Starbucks Pay is one of the gro- is one of the biggest payment platforms. I, th- I didn't know that. Like, what? But you also got PayPal. Of course, that's the OG. It's been in this game for a minute. Then you got your Venmos of the world. Then you got your... Uh, what's that thing called? Cash apps of the world. And you got all these different payments. Square app. You have all these different payment platforms all over the place. And it's like, everybody got a payment platform. Every business is like, yo, by the way, we have our own payment platform. If you pay us through that platform, we'll give you this discount and that disc. By the way, if you don't have a cash app card, I will say go get you a cash app card. Because that thing, you can load different discounts on it. I know I'm a fatty and I like Chick-fil-A. You can get some Chick-fil-A discounts on that. And then Venmo, seeing that cash app was doing that, Venmo came out with their own. And you can get some Papa John's discounts on that one. So it's uh, it's interesting, all the different payment platforms, all the different cards, and all the different things that are coming out to support all these platforms. But that's not the topic for today. I'm just putting that out there. Get you a cash app card because guess what? You can get some discounts. Get you a Venmo card because guess what? You ain't slave to no one company. You use all of them and get you all that discounts and everything. But that's not the point. The point is it feels like everybody got their own payment platforms. And guess what? Facebook just decided, you know what? We're joining the mix today. We're getting into the mix and we're opening our own payment platform. So they just announced because, you know, their cryptocurrency Libra thing is kind of falling apart as every company that they were supposed to partner with is like, oh, you know what? All the regulators are kind of looking way too much into y'all right now. So we don't want to hang out with you right now. Just y'all can have it and we'll just go on our own business. So Facebook was like, you know what? 
since that's not coming going to pass right now we're gonna announce our own a, a new payment platform and of course the claim to fame with the payment payment platform is the fact that it's going to be incorporated into facebook messenger into your D instagram dms and of course into whatsapp to make it an easy seamless way to pay people and of course google never wants to allow anybody to have the limelight all by themselves they announced google cash not cash as in money but cash as in you know the memory thing you clear on your phone or your computer cash as in c-a-c-h-e yeah. google google is like that nerd google is a nerd company man google is just a it's a very very google thing to name it cash it would be very much something that i would come up with as a nerd or very much something that people around me would come up with because it's just a very nerdy name google cash get it cash <laughs> yeah and i'm pretty sure i mean i'm not gonna lie if i was in that meeting room i'd be like yes what a name double on time i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm not going into that but yeah basically they came out with theirs and their claim to fame, fame much like apple because you know apple also announced their credit card that came out earlier this year and the fact of the whole credit card is is because Apple has Apple Pay on the phone that you can use. And that's the way that they were going to push it to people. It's the same thing, except Google's is a debit card or a debit platform where you can use Google Pay with different, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Different banks um, to be able to work with it. So basically... They're saying that they have so much. I mean, a lot of people use Android phones, not just here in the United States, but all across the world. Android is the largest platform in the world as far as mobile payments or, I mean, mobile phone computing is concerned. And so they're saying that they will be able to leverage that to be able to help banks create a digital platform for people who can't otherwise create a checking account in some countries because it's not that accessible. And so that's their way of doing it. Now, from the big picture, just like we talked about facebook's libra issue and how regulators are afraid of letting big tech get into getting all these data from people's payment platforms because they already have every other form of data from you they already have all your data about what you search online what you like to eat where you like to go eat when you like to go eat all that stuff when you're going from one place to another what your daily routines they already have all that data so regulators don't want them to also have the data about how you pay for stuff the kind of things that you pay for the type of things that you like versus what you don't like that's a lot of data that these big tech companies can have access to and well big tech really doesn't care even after libra got shut down basically shut down by the regulators and saying that they won't approve it as a payment platform facebook said oh all right we'll just do it this way then and you can't really shut us down or anything like that even though regulators are looking at facebook and google because these are some of the biggest data hoarding companies in the world they're looking at them and asking whoa whoa, 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 whoa. what y'all doing and big tech is like oh we're just you know changing the world and completely disorienting the financial industry because like, i don't know if y'all know this but financial industry is one of the slowest moving industries it doesn't change as much so they are disrupting the platform completely with their new way of doing things so it's going to be interesting how it plays out but 
Another question we have to ask is the fact of why are these big tech companies starting to go into the financial industries? Why are they starting to play with regulators? One of the things that they've always been trying to run away from on Google's front, they're saying, well, we don't have to deal with the regulators. We will let the banks just like Apple did with letting Goldman Sachs be the one that's actually giving the cards away. They're saying we're going to let the banks deal with all the regulations because there are a lot of regulations when it comes to financial stuff, when it comes to money, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of regulations and big tech does not do well with regulations. Big tech is all about disruption. Do it fast, fail fast, do everything you need to do and get out, like get it done as quickly as possible. That's what makes these companies great because they're able to evolve very quickly. One of the reasons that the financial industry cannot evolve that quickly is because there's a lot of regulations that go into it, which makes sense because this is people's money. This is the thing that people use to survive on a daily basis. So it's not something that you can just play around with and say, oh, we'll try this today. We'll try that tomorrow. It's not like Google that just does different stuff. I mean, Google has so many different uh, things that it launches and then it just uh, deletes when it doesn't work as well they can't be doing that with people's money regulations are plentiful in the world of finances so what google is saying google is saying oh yeah we're offering this digital platform but we're not going to deal with the regulations or anything like that we're going to let banks handle all those issues and we'll just offer these services to people which is a smart move for them and the banks because banks are now able to open digital platforms that they need in order to expand into other parts of the world that they currently are not in because it's harder to get their brick and mortar sites on the ground in those places in the world and so if google is able to infiltrate those markets with its digital platforms then they can be a part of it so back to why big tech is so big on getting into the financial industry the main reason is because they need to diversify themselves they're looking for more areas to diversify themselves think about facebook being challenged by tiktok i mean we talked about it last time so much so that facebook is copying features of tiktok there's too many players that's getting into the spaces and challenging them for the spot that they currently rule google as we talked about ad services there's a lot of other companies that's getting into the ad business amazon is getting into the ad business of course it's big challenge of facebook who's already in the ad business apple might be looking at getting into the ad business as well so there's a lot of things that's coming in and challenging them for their dominance so much so that they're not as profitable as they are and of course we talk about apple and how the iphone sales which has been their driving factor as far as profit is concerned for so long and it's no longer doing that well iphone numbers iphone sales are dwindling year over year over year over year and so they have to find another way to be able to diversify themselves away from their main core business which was that iphone which was hardware being able to sell hardware and so they're like we talked about they're going into services and part of that services is this financial industry also Another thing to look out for is it's not just financial industry that they're going to be looking at. And it's not just streaming services they're going to be looking at as well. They're also Google announced a partnership with Ascension, which is a healthcare provider to be able to acquire a bunch of data from them which means Google is also looking at being a part of the healthcare industry as well. Amazon has already stated with Jeff Bezos stating that they are looking at becoming an insurance company as well to be able to disrupt the insurance industry. Apple has partnered with the American Health Association and a bunch of and a bunch of universities to conduct different kind of research studies 
using its wearables, which means Apple is also going into that health industry as well. So we're seeing these companies trying to diversify its, its way away from their core businesses into other sectors, into other businesses. And again, this is making regulators, their red light is going on, that siren is going off, that red alert is going off of, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, there's too many, they're having their hands in too many things. They're becoming too big. Like big tech companies, this is one of the fears you've heard. I don't know if y'all have seen the news where people are saying we need to break up big tech. And part of the reason for that is these things where they are going into so many different industries. And now that makes it even harder of how do you break up big tech? But they're going into so many different industries in order to diversify themselves to in order to remain profitable for investors that is scaring regulators to be like, whoa. If they become too big, they can basically make decisions in multiple different ways in order to make them dollars while not helping the consumers, while not helping the customers. Because think about it, if Apple is already in the healthcare business, a, a negative way to think about it is, well, we need to sell more, we need to sell more uh, wearables. So how do we do that? Well, we can just partner with this hospital and tell people that in order to better track your health system, in order to better take care of you, you need to go buy this device in order to see your stuff on a daily basis so we can better help you. So these kind of things. So there's a lot of like a lot of weird, like gray areas that regulators are not happy about with these big tech companies being able to diversify themselves into these industries. Now, of course, big tech doesn't care because they're they're looking at it as like this. We need to make money. We see a path to make money in these lagging areas in the world. And even if we're not able to be a key part of that, we can at least bring that industry forward enough to where we can sell off the part of the business that we end up having and make money out of it. So to them, it's a bottom line issue. It's simply we want to make money for our investors and for ourselves. And so we're going to keep seeing them diversify themselves into other industries going forward. Like I said, right now it's financial and health are the two biggest ones that they are looking to diversify themselves into. Moving on from there, as we all know, we've known this for the past how many years because Tesla has been saying it for so long that the future is electric and Daimler. And if you don't know who Daimler is, Daimler is the owner of Mercedes Benz and Maybach. Is that how you say it? Maybach, Maybach, whatever. They own those two car companies. It's a very large German manufacturing car company. They own other brands, but I, I know most people are going to recognize Mercedes-Benz. And basically, they announced their earnings. And one of the things that came out of their earnings is the fact that they were like, yo, electric vehicles is the future. And it's like, dog, we all knew that was the future. What you mean by electric vehicles is the future? Well, basically, why they said electric vehicles is the future is because they're saying, well, we're going to have to make major investments in our fleet moving forward because electric vehicles are going to be the things that people are going to be looking forward to. And basically, they were saying this because they were trying to trying to tell investors that, yo, we're going to not be making that much profit coming in the next few years. So what they were saying is basically over the next few years from now till 2022, they expect that 20 new hybrid and electric vehicle models will be on the road. And they're saying that they're going to spend about 225 billion to be able to make this happen, which means that they're not going to be able to make that much profit when they're spending so much in research, development, and in being able to put these cars on the road. So 
Tesla is over here and they said that it's going to be a very expensive thing. And of course, like I just said, profits are not going to look the same. So Tesla hearing this news, it's ear perked up. And of course, you know, Elon Musk was like, made a quick phone call and was like, yo, I told y'all this thing ain't cheap. I've been trying to tell y'all for years it ain't cheap to try and build these electric cars. But anyway, so how Daimler plans to uh, make up for the fact that they're not going to be able to make that much money is they plan to cut their workforce globally by 10%, which is unfortunate, uh, in order to meet the needs that they have to do for for making these electric cars. And that will bring about $1.4 billion in to be to save about $1.4 billion. And of course, the reason why they're cutting the workforce on top of that is just because electric vehicles don't have that many parts. They don't have that many moving parts. So they don't need that many workers to be able to fill the need that they have for at the different plants and at the different places where they're assembling the cars and all these things. And so they're going to cut their workforce, not just the not just the people at factories, but also upper management to be able to make up the cost at, that they will need to provide some kind of profit to their investors in one way or another. And then part of the reason why they're even going into this, you may be asking like, why is now the time that they're announcing that, hey, we're pushing heavily into electric vehicles? Even though Mercedes-Benz has been one of the few car companies that's been on the forefront of electric vehicles, weirdly enough, that has been actually making decent looking electric vehicles. But the reason why they are now heavily pushing into it is because the European Union is about to put some new really, really, really strong emission standards as of next year. It's about to start pushing very heavily on these car companies, which is interesting to note because here in the United States, we have this whole battle between California versus Donald Trump in the sense of he's saying that emissions should be lower or he's trying to lower emissions and saying that coal needs to be brought back but then in the eu we're seeing them increase emission rating it just it just shows the dichotomy of where we are and it makes no sense first of all we should not be going backwards with emission in any way we should be pushing forward trying to evolve emissions and increase emission standards but anyway because of the new emission standards it's gonna push and force a lot of companies to change the way they do business and it's gonna force them to start thinking hey we probably need to start building a whole lot more electric vehicles mercedes-benz and daimler is just on the forefront of that of just telling investors like yo just so you know next year it's gonna be a little tight with profits we're gonna probably lose money because we're gonna be aiming for trying to put all these new cars on the road also side news this also comes at a time when ford ford is about to announce its mustang electric car this mustang suv mix electric car so it ought to be interesting we haven't seen it yet but i think it's gonna be cool i want to see what they announced and also tesla finally just got back on the consumer report as a reliable vehicle consumer report just reported that the model s and the model 3 now is a reliable vehicle the reason why it was saying it wasn't reliable is because of some safety issues that the older models of Tesla's had, but now it's a consumer report, which if you don't know what consumer report is, everybody, it's, the name basically tells you exactly. Basically they do surveys of different items, different cars, all these things to give people an idea of what is good out in the market. And it actually takes feedback from actual people who have bought these products, not people who are testing the product, but people who are using the product on a daily basis. It's one of those things, like you watch reviews, I, I watch a lot of phone reviews because I'm a tech head and I watch a lot of product reviews. And the thing that always annoys me when it comes to reviews, which I understand why they have to do it that way, but is they use a product for like five days and then they do a review on it. Or they use a cell phone for like two weeks and then they do a review on it. And it's like, 
Yo, the problem with the phone is never in the first two weeks of it. It's that third month when something just all of a sudden spazzes out on your phone for no reason. Like, literally no reason. But, you know, it's the way they have to do it because they have a lot of products they have to get to. They have to push out that information as quickly as possible because people are looking to try and buy this product. But Consumer Report looks from the back end of things. When a car has been on the road for like two years, a year plus, that kind of thing where it's really been driven, where it's really been worked out, where all where you can actually start. You've driven all the newness out of it and it's actually been on the road for a good bit. And you're starting to see some of the things that maybe were not the most positive parts of the car. So that's just a few things to think about as far as the consumer report. And now that Tesla is back on the consumer reports, good side. They were one of the biggest critics of Tesla and Elon Musk was always fighting back at them, firing back. I don't know if y'all are on Twitter like that, but Elon Musk, if you say anything negative about Tesla, SpaceX, and your relatively big sized account on Twitter, he will fire back at you. Don't come at that guy because he will fire back at you. But anyway, moving on from there, this one is, if I ever said anything positive about Donald Trump, this it's going to come right now. Like This is the only time I'm probably going to give this guy a compliment. He's trying to do something to help the health healthcare industry, to try and help us not pay as much. Have you ever been sick? You know, I don't know if, if it's the same for you guys, but sometimes you can get sick. I remember in college, I will get sick or something like that. I'm just like, I ain't trying to go to the hospital because the healthcare, like you will go there talking about, I have a cold and they're going to charge you so much money, which I understand we live in a capitalist society, but my goodness, it's expensive. Healthcare is expensive. Even to deliver a child, a friend of mine was lamenting the whole situation of like, he, he, his son was born and you know, all the costs that go into that, you can easily, easily spend like over $20,000 just when you give birth. That's not like later on. That's like when you, when you have a new baby, like that's a lot of money. That's really expensive. The healthcare industry is so expensive and you know, it's just one of the things that Donald Trump is saying that he's going to try and look at to be able to change the cost is to force healthcare and insurance companies to open up and disclose the type of rates that they're negotiating in the back room. Basically, tell us what is the rate that you and the health insurer has agreed upon? What is it exactly that people are paying for? Like, how did you get to these numbers? Or in fact, not just how did you get to these numbers, put those rates out so that people can even price check you. And people can say, oh, this doctor costs this much money, that doctor costs that much money. And people can maybe through that system, it will force the prices to go down. Now, I'm not sure if that's going to work. I don't know if that's going to also backfire because I understand that the healthcare industry is not as simple as one plus one equals two. There's a lot of different parts. It's more like 0.1 plus 0.2 plus 0.3 plus 0.5 plus six. And it's like all these other different parts and different issues that go into when the whole healthcare costs, when they come and give you a bill, it's just not straightforward, like going to get my car fixed it's a whole lot more it's a whole lot more um what's the word i'm looking for nuanced it's a whole lot more nuanced than that but one of the things i would just like to say in this whole thing is the fact that i just want prices to be fair to a degree i just want the fact that i'm paying for insurance and still have to pay some crazy amount of money for simple things i just want prices to be more fair and i wish 
I hope that they can figure that out in this whole system. Maybe it goes through and they figure it out, which we all know Donald Trump is only doing this now because, well, election season is here and he's just trying to pad his stats a little bit because unlike the other candidates on on the election ballot, he doesn't really have a stance on healthcare, So he's just trying to help himself out. But my main thing is like, I just want pricing to be somewhat fair and just generally, I just want it to make sense. Like when I'm paying for something, I want to know that I'm paying for something, not I'm paying this monthly fee. And then yet I still have to pay this much money for this, for whatever it is that I went to the hospital for. But at the same time, I understand I live in a capitalist society. And as much as we may want to think, want to think that health is a right, it is not a right. It is a privilege. It is something that if you have the money to afford, then you can afford. That's just the way we live in this current society, which is one of the benefits of the society we live in. If you look at the grand scheme of things, it's why we have so many different specialists that can help you through whatever it is that you're going through, where if you were in another country, you're more than likely going to be pushed over to the U.S. to get that kind of treatment that you may need. That's why the U.S. has some of the best doctors in the world. That's just facts. That's not, that's a factual statement. And so, but I still want, there's just, it still seems like there's something off and there's some kind of disconnect with the insurance companies and what they're doing and the doctors who are trying to provide you with the best care possible there. And then you who have to pay for all that stuff. And so there's, there just seems to be some kind of disconnect whenever you have to go to the hospital and it makes a lot of people not even want to go to the hospital period. And so they end up getting more and more and more sick when it could have been an issue that could have been cleared up a lot earlier, but people are afraid because they're like, I don't think I can afford this thing. So I'm going to just try and wait it out and work it out that, and it ends up being maybe sometimes being a worse situation, but I just want a fair system. Like that's all I want. That's all I'm looking whoever wins presidency next year and whoever implements some kind of healthcare system, all I want is some kind of fair system. But then again, it's like I've been told fair is a place where pigs are judged. It's not something that happens in real life. And we all know that that to be true. Fair is not something that happens on the regular. It's, it's what you have the leverage to be able to negotiate at the end of the day. It's like you look at any kind of thing. It's the life isn't fair. So Either way, that's just my whole take on the whole thing. And maybe we'll see some changes, but who knows? That's all I have for today. But some interesting news to note. We've talked about Walmart in the past and how they've been doing really well, even with the onslaught of Amazon. Well, Walmart announced their earnings once again and again. And this is just mind boggling for five straight years, even with Amazon and its onslaught and its growth and everything for five straight years, Walmart continues to see growth. And the reason for the growth, it said that is because of its grocery business. In other words, food, people need to go to the store to buy food and that's helping them. And also it's online presence. Open that two day shipping. When you go over $35, it opened those pickup when you can just drive in and pick up the items. You don't have to actually go into the store. All these type of little, little things that Walmart has done over the years has continued to help it and push it to continue to challenge Amazon. So Amazon hearing that food is a key reason as to why Walmart is growing. Amazon opened a new grocery store and I'm not talking about Whole Foods, which it purchased, but an actual grocery store that most people can afford. It opened one in California to be able to counteract the growth that Walmart is seeing. So like we've been saying, and for the first time, oh, also another side news, retail for the first time in God knows how long actually grew. Retail grew 0.3% last quarter now, or last month, not last quarter. Now, the reason for that was of course, we had Halloween, 
a lot of people are doing costume shopping and all that stuff that helps retail to grow a lot but overall retail still ain't doing good but it should grow again because guess what's coming up black friday people gonna be buying stuff so consumers have been spending a whole lot of money so they may even break records again this year so we'll see but that's pretty much all i have for y'all today i hope y'all learned something let's do a quick breakdown of everything that we talked about today number one we just we had a moment of reflection thinking about us going into the new year we had a moment of reflection number two facebook facebook is going into into the payment platform not just facebook but every big tech feels like they're going into some kind of financial payment platform of their own and the reason for that is because they're trying to diversify themselves and also they're trying to diversify themselves into health as well with partnerships that google and apple have had and also amazon announcing that it might get into uh into insurance number three electric is the future of course it's something we've all known for the longest time Daimler is just making that known and making it a stated fact as to why it might experience a lot less profits next year from the fact that it's investing a whole lot more into its electric fleet. And number three, Donald Trump is trying to help with the healthcare cost by forcing doctors and insurance companies to disclose their negotiated rates so patients can maybe shop around to get a better doctor. But basically that's all we have for today. I hope y'all learned a thing or two. I hope y'all enjoyed and listened and got something out of this whole thing. But it's been your boy, Kalechi. God bless each and every single one of y'all. And I'm going to hit y'all up on the next one. Peace.